Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is going to be a rebroadcast like they do on the fancy public radio podcasts. I am out of town and uh, I've been working on songs for the next one, but they are not ready to roll. So I'm going to give you an old favorite from the past, one that I was thinking about again recently, um, and seemed like it'd be fun to revisit. So here it is, episode 167, which is a little while ago. Uh, It is called This Hour's For You. It's from 2019. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast This is episode 167, and today's blogcast is directly related to an article in The Guardian, uh, an an opinion piece um, that was widely, widely, wildly, and widely shared in amongst my particular uh, social media friend groups. If you don't travel in feminist circles, it's possible it did not make quite the rounds. So if you haven't seen it, you're in for a treat. It is by Bridget Schult, and uh, it is called Women's Greatest Enemy, Lack of Time to Themselves. A lack of time to herself, sorry. A woman's greatest enemy, question mark, a lack of time to herself. Um, I suspect that Bridget Schultz did not choose that title. I know whenever um, whenever Rebecca Solnit writes something in The Guardian and then she posts it on Facebook, she's always like, this title is not mine. I did not, I did not title it. This was not my title. I, so I suspect that the same is true here. Um, although the title, I think, is provocative and true. If also... Um, hard to remember. It's hard to remember. I've, I, I think about this article all the time and I cannot ever remember the exact wording. <laughs> so, uh, the, all that aside, um, uh, if you get a chance to read that, I, I recommend it or if you feel like it. Um, otherwise just listen to this. It's a, it's a, it's all interwoven together. It's all of a piece. Um, also kind of a factor in this one is, is, um, a piece that a friend of mine wrote that I found kind of troubling, uh, also connected to this article and I didn't know what to do with it. And I talked about it for three days and finally wrote this piece. <laughs> so, um, there's a third element that I, I don't, because it's a friend and it's complicated, um, I I didn't want to link to it and I didn't want to, like, address it directly. Um, It's like a great conversation to have with the person in person, if you can. Um, But uh, I read her piece as kind of a cry for help. Um, I don't know if it actually was, um, but I... I, I could not provide the answer to that cry for help, so I just wrote this piece instead. <laughs> um, maybe that's not the best way. I don't know. It's a, I've, you have, do you guys know what to do about this? Because, see, here's the thing. If you're friends of mine and you read something that you from me that you think, oh, is Emily okay? Like, 
or like something you think like, well, Emily's just written a load of bullshit. Am I supposed to talk, not talk to her now? What am I supposed to do? Like, what, wh- what do you do? I don't know. It's, it's not like some, some reporter wrote something in the guardian, for example, and you can just like fire off a like, well, you obviously don't know what you're saying. But like when it's someone that you have a relationship with and you there, it's not as simple as like responding to their ideas. So I sympathize if you have had that experience with something that I have written, um, it's complex, right? Uh, so yeah, but just know that if there is something that makes you kind of like scratch your head and go, huh? And you wonder if I'm okay, feel free to check in and ask me if I'm okay, because, uh, I I may, I may not, I may be just fine, but, and holding an unpopular opinion or something, but, um, yeah, uh, just know that you, you can always, you can always check in with me. Um, and I'm okay. <laughs> uh, so that's a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's a whole factor that I, I didn't actually directly address in the piece. It's a big, big introduction for this one. Uh, so w- all that said, um, this piece is called This Hour is for You. My priorities seem pretty screwy to a lot of people. Because art is the most important thing to me, I tend to value my time more than money. There is not much that money can buy me that seems better than time to create in. This means that I have made quite a few sacrifices over the years. There are things I don't have, places I don't go, shows I don't see, experiences I fail to enjoy, but... I do have time. I have time to write, time to stare out the window, time to learn new songs, time to play guitar. I have time to read and time to wonder if I'm wasting my time reading. It has not always been this way. At this point in my life, I know I could probably be less money poor if I was less time rich, but I'm actually reasonably comfortable with the current balance. It's not at all sustainable, and it won't last forever. But it is a gift for the moment. It's a gift I sometimes feel guilty about. Like, am I allowed to mull and ponder like this? Wouldn't I be a more productive member of society if I got out and sold something? Did some business? Or sent emails for a boss all day? But then I read Bridget Schultz's article, A Woman's Greatest Enemy, A Lack of Time to Herself, and something snapped. I am not just taking time for myself, for my art, though it can feel that way. I am also taking time for all the women who can't spare an hour. By taking time for myself the way Popeye takes spinach, I can, perhaps, begin to counteract the way the patriarchy has stolen so much time from women over the years. I don't just take an extra hour for myself. I can take one for Henry David Thoreau's mother and sister who did his laundry and made him meals while he rode out by the pond. I don't just retreat to solitude for me and my play. I do it for Alma Mahler 
who might have taken some time for herself instead of tiptoeing around her husband. I take abundant time for all my friends, caught up in the mesh of childcare, who cannot take more than 15 minutes at a time to do much of anything for themselves, much less work on their art. It feels as though it is my solemn duty as a woman unburdened with the usual domestic duties, with my particular tolerance for financial insecurity, to take as much advantage of time alone as humanly possible. I would have thought that by now, what with the progress that has been made, we could have made some space for women's creativity, but no. Creative pursuits are still largely seen as a man's rightful place. When have you heard a woman called a genius? When have you heard of a woman gifted with time who was supported and catered to in the way that all the geniuses were? Are there women who have managed to grab moments of creativity in the cracks of their domestic lives? Of course. But I am heartbroken for all the women who never got a full afternoon to themselves to just drop into their own minds or their creative work. There are probably many women who have never even tasted uninterrupted time and might believe they do not need it. They may feel a stolen moment or two is enough to get some art done. Neuroscience says otherwise. Humans are not nearly as good at multitasking as we think. We are also incredibly good at fooling ourselves on this front. Why, I just happen to think better when I have Twitter scrolling by me. But what wonders might the women hemmed in by domesticity have made if they'd had more than a whisper of time to create in? We might have called a woman a genius once in a while instead of just catering to the boy geniuses. And the thing is, it's not just geniuses who have been catered to in this way. Women have lost acres of time to as many, if not more, dolts as they have to geniuses and all levels in between. Many a man thinks himself a Henry David Thoreau, and many a woman does his laundry as if he were. Sometimes I think I do not deserve to take time alone because I am not genius enough or because I haven't achieved the sort of success I imagined would justify having taken time. But fuck that. Just fuck it. I will pretend to be a motherfucking genius even when I least feel like one. I deserve it. I will treat myself like a 19th century boy genius. I will cater to myself, give myself the best chance I can get, and enjoy every goddamn minute. So, in honor of all the women who can find nary a minute alone in which to create, I pledge to stop feeling guilty for my productive solitude. I pledge to soak up every minute, every hour, and make the best work I can make. I'm guessing that for the women without a minute, for the mothers and the movers, this hour that I honor them with is actually not nearly as good as actually having an hour. So I also pledge to give some hours 
to help watch your child or aging loved one so you can have an actual hour. If you're in my city, you have some hours in my bank that I will happily give you so you can create too, you genius woman. So super nice side effect of writing this post is that I got a fair number of people to call me a genius, which was so awesome. (laughs) So a hot tip, if you want people to call you a genius, call yourself a genius first, and then they just roll in. It it was so, so awesome. I got to tell you, it's nice. I get it, man. I will, I will be Henry David Thoreau. It is, it is sweet. I will take it. Thank you. Seriously, it is so nice. (sighs) Yeah, and also there were a couple of people who really felt that I'd written it for them. um, And that was also, that's also really uh, gratifying. So that, that is, that is also great. Um, The song here today is uh, Solitude Standing by Suzanne Vega. And in learning it, I realized where my kind of dominant aesthetic came from for a long time. Like I did not realize just like how deeply in my kind of music brain Suzanne Vega was. But she she came to me in a very uh, rich time. You know, it was like, I, be- I think I was, you know, in middle school maybe. It's like early adolescence, and, and that, was a, that was a really in, um, formative moment. Uh, and this song was not one of my favorites. I mean, I loved the album, but this song in particular didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't in my top five even. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed working on it and figuring it out and, and, and playing with it a little bit. Um, And what I kind of love about this song, so, you know, it's about, it's sort of a personification of solitude, which, you know, this piece is about getting some good solitude. And, and, and there's something about this song where solitude is this person and it's not, it's not like joyous necessarily. Like solitude is like a little creepy in this song, I think, um, I mean, first of all, she's, you know, healing and, and, and important, but there's also this layer of like, oh, there's something, there's something fearful in it as well. And I think sometimes when people are like, oh, I don't, I don't need to have time to myself to write or, you know, think or make art or whatever, it's like coming from a place of you know, like, it can be scary. It can be scary to, like, spend time confronting the 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 universe <laughs> or whatever. I mean, I feel like so many of us have rituals around being able to, to like, drop into to a, um, a creative mind in that space. But it's not necessarily easy. Um, it's not, like... I can see why people are like, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm just going to create in this crowd of people with five interruptions every two minutes. Like I see, I can see why that seems like a good idea. Um, but there is, I think, uh, 
Solitude offers a deeper dive, ultimately. And if you want to make things that are truer and truer, then, then it's kind of important. So, yeah. Yay for solitude. Woohoo! Um, so yeah, so so this song I I uh, pulled out my electric guitar, which I if you're listening to the podcast a lot, you'll know I have not played in months and months and months and months. Uh, it's been mostly ukulele city over here for the last um, month, but uh, even before that, I was mostly just playing my acoustic, and so this song I pulled out uh, my electric, Miss Charlotte Bronte. Uh, and I, I, I wish that I could figure out how to use my amp, like record my, I tried recording through the mic from my amp and it did not work. So the delay effect that I was hoping to find use that I found on the amp, I, I could not recreate exactly in GarageBand, but I, I, I found a, a thing that made me almost as happy. So <laughs> this, I mess around a little bit with, um, with the delay and echo and reverb and all of that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think, is there anything else I want to tell you about this song? Um, I don't know. So yeah, Solitude Standing is coming up in a moment. Um, meanwhile, if you would like to support the podcast, what you're doing right now, like listening is first step and awesome. And thank you. Uh, letting someone know about it is great. Um, also writing reviews on various podcast apps, I think, especially the Apple podcast, iTunes situation. Um, that's also good. Five stars everywhere. Just spread stars like they're going out of style for this genius person that is talking to you right now. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it is it is not easy. Um, anyway, so the, that is that's a good thing to do. Pass it on to people. Um, also, if you'd like to uh, support the podcast with some dollars or whatever your currency, um, that is also much appreciated and helpful. Uh, Patreon is my prime support, and that is patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. Um, you can join my merry band of amazing supporters there, or you can shoot me a little donation at PayPal or Ko-fi. Links to all that stuff are in the show notes. Um, and, you know, just keep 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 with me, y'all. Thank you for listening of, of all the things. So... Without further ado, uh, oh, oh, the other thing I just wanted to mention again um, is that uh, I got interviewed by the fantastic Michael Heron on his podcast, Mikey Pod, um, and a, a lot of folks have been listening to that and letting me know that they enjoyed that conversation. So if you want to check that out, um, it's in his podcast feed, Mikey Pod. Um, so, you know, share the love, y'all. Share it. Uh, and thank you uh, again for listening. And uh, here is Solitude Standing. Solitude stands by the window. 
She turns her head as I walk in the room. I can see by her eyes she's been waiting. Standing in the slant of the late afternoon. And she turns to me with her hand extended. Palm is split with a flower with a flame. Solitude stands in the doorway I'm struck once again by her black silhouette By her long cool stare and her silence I suddenly remember each time we've met And she turns to me with her hand extended Palm is split with a flower with a flame I've come to set a twisted thing straight And she says I've come to lighten this dark heart As she takes my wrist I feel her imprint of fear And I say I never thought of finding you here And I turn to the crowd as they're watching they're standing all together in the dark and the warm And I wanted to be in there among them See how their eyes all gather into one And she turns to me as you can't extend it And is split with a flower with a flame And she says I've come to set a twisted and she says, I've come to lighten this dark heart. As she takes my wrist, I feel her imprint of fear. And I say, I never thought of finding you here. Solitude stands in the solitude stands in the struck once again by her black silhouette, again by her black cool stare at her side cool stare and suddenly remember each time remember and she touched us to me when she turned extended and extended with a flower with flame she turns to me with her hand extended and extended the flower with flame which she turns to me with her hand extended and extended with a flower with flame